This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. So, Trav, I actually have used BetterHelp in the past, and it was a really, really great experience. I loved my therapist. He gave me a lot of great tools that I still use to this day. You know, without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. Good news is, therapy does work. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be, really. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and you would like some tools to help. Maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever it is you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. And it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapists in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And we've got a special offer for No Filler listeners. You can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash nofiller. That's betterhelp.com slash nofiller. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. It lives and folds red and steamy. Welcome to No Filler. I'm Travis. And joining me again is Mr. Nathan Forster. How are you doing, sir? Good to see you. I've seen your face twice this month, dude. And and it's never enough. No complaints, you know what I mean? Like I could I could I could get used to this. Yeah, I mean I, I get to see myself every day in the mirror. Um That must be amazing. <laughs> it's not bad. There's no complaints here. <laughs> but here's the thing though. What I don't get to see is what's out that window in front of you. Like you're literally like in the middle of the woods, right? Yeah. Or am I just yeah. making that up? Okay. No, no. If I, if I look out, I can probably, uh, I can start counting bunny rabbits. Counting, but so you have enough to count. Cause I mean, I get maybe one at a time here in Texas uh, outside my window, at least in the suburbs, but you have multiple bunny rabbits to count. I mean, that's just something else right there. It is. There's, there's so much that actually it's become a, kind of ritual that every time that we let our dog out um i have to bang on the window to let them know that there's a dog about to there's a dog about to come out and i sometimes usually that gets them they've kind of gotten used to that uh but but then i also have to open the door holding them and yell run rabbits run uh so so my, I mean, you, so. <laughs> you're giving them plenty of heads up here you're giving them knocks and then you're giving them a verbal warning too yeah, well, he did catch one one time, and it was like the tiniest little baby rabbit. He didn't. Oh, no. For, fortunately, uh, he just picked it up, and I was close enough to uh, give him a little kick on the butt, uh, yeah. and he dropped it. Um, I mean, we we tried to like make amends by giving them vegetables and you know carrots you around the. They they live under our shed, um, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we just kind of put the vegetables around there. Um, Kind of like, you know, we're trying to keep the peace here. Sorry about our dog. Yeah. You've done, I feel like you've done all you can do, Nathan. Thanks, bud. I appreciate that. Okay. So today we are talking about the Breeders 1990 debut record pod. So when we were doing research for our Pixies episode and we covered Doolittle, uh, I found out that Kim Deal, who is the bass player and backup singer for Pixies, did this uh, side project called the breeders, which went on to you know become very well known with their record "Last Splash," which came out in '93, I believe. And you know, 
everybody, I think if you're around, you know, if you're in our age group or if you've watched any number of, you know, 90s entertainment that featured the song Cannonball, mm-hmm. you know who the breeders are, right? Because that's a huge song that everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. If, if you've ever shopped at a Trader Joe's or a, Exactly. Uh, or like or like a cooler grocery store you've probably heard cannonball and yeah it's just one of those 90s songs it's like the, the you know the list of like 100 best 90s songs i think it's probably on there right it's just yeah. one of those songs that everybody knows right but anyway that's the breeders right and so i had never really went back and listened to their first record and same boy am i glad that i did and that's yeah. what we're going to talk about today because this record is something else man it really blew me away the first time i heard it so Let's talk a little bit before we jump into some tunes here. How did we get from Pixies to the Breeders? Like what, what's the story of, you know, why did Kim want to start this side project, right? From what I can tell, lead singer of Pixies, uh, Frank Black, seems like he was kind of a egomaniac kind of dude. Like he was very controlling of the band and like, you know, he would go around saying, half jokingly probably half not joking that he was like the dictator of the band you know what i mean like he'd be like i am the pixies like he would say stuff like that and which you know come on come on frank you don't gotta be that way why you gotta be such a dick you know what i mean but um she had her own ideas for songs and stuff she wanted to write her own stuff and they kind of butt heads and that ultimately led to her wanting to kind of do her own thing, right? And her and her twin sister, which is kind of cool. Oh, I wonder why. I wonder why you. Cool. <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, no filler audience, but I'm a twin. Um, you know it because we remind you every week. But now, um, <laughs> obviously, my you know, I'm a twin, and uh, I feel like I'm just you know even more connected to the band now, you know, because it's twins making music together but her and her, her twin sister kelly deal used to like make music and stuff and the name that they used to refer to themselves as was the breeders and so that's the origin of the name the breeders right but kelly was not part of the band yet so she did ultimately join but it sounds like she wanted to make some music she wanted to take a break from pixies and so the early earliest formation of this band it was Tanya Donnelly of Throwing Muses, Josephine Wiggs of The Perfect Disaster, and Britt Walford on drums of the band Slint. So this was a super group that she had kind of formed to make this music together. She was given $11,000 from the record label 4AD, and they recorded this record in 10 days, which is pretty impressive. I think you hear that in the record, right? Like. You could tell like there wasn't much time spent on this record because it has that very like raw kind of feeling to it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's the um, you know when when you send me the album um, and you know I I was in shock that the Breeders had an album before Last Splash. Um, I put it on immediately. I was like, this is definitely Steve Albini for sure. Um, and and I checked it out today. Uh, sure enough, it is. But that's like his his. Uh, his style is to just like, I think, I think they did like two takes per song. Like he has like a two take rule. Uh, and, and the song has to be recorded together uh, as a band. There's no like separate tracks. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, here's like uh, one take and two takes. And if you don't get it on the second take, then uh, there's going to be problems. So he's so, okay. So that's his style, right? So apparently he's yeah. also known for like his, the drum sound that he's able that was, to get. That, that was what, uh yeah is that what clued you into it at first yeah because it's if you listen to um see like the like surfer rosa and pj harvey rid of me i think is the name of the album uh in utero even though in utero was like um Mm -hmm. i think i think edited differently afterwards but still recorded with albini yeah it's that drum sound which i've always thought is just like one of the one of the best drum sounds it's just so meaty yeah well um to, to that point about in utero, the reason that Cobain wanted Steve Albini was because Cobain found out that Albini produced 
this record, Pod. Uh-huh. So Cobain was such a fan of this record that he wanted the producer to, to make the album that would follow Nevermind, right? Which is huge. Mm-hmm. All right. I think we've teed it up nicely here. So let's listen to some tunes. Actually, what I wanted to do first, because we, we do this every once in a while. So um, sometimes it's fun to listen to a song that a band is most known for before you go back and listen to like the origins, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So let's listen to Cannonball real quick. Okay. All right. And so now if you're out there and you're listening and you're like, I I don't know who Breeders are, or maybe a, I think I know what Cannonball sounds like. Well, here it is. Here's that song that everybody knows. For the listeners that uh, were born after 2000. Exactly. Uh, here's Cannonball. Yeah. And don't exactly. go to cool grocery stores. Right. Exactly. This is that band that you hear in that cool grocery store that you sometimes go to. Mm-hmm. This is the song. Here it is. All right. Again, so this is Cannonball by the Breeders. There it is that song that you've heard a majillion times um it just by existing in in pop culture you know you have heard that song right i mean mm-hmm. it's just one of those songs it's been used in movies before tv shows you name it it's yeah. even been on a nissan commercial apparently yeah what would be would be considered um i guess if you call them a one-hit wonder that would be the one yeah exactly that's the one that they're most known for but that's that's the breeders and um i think after hearing that song and then hearing the rest of the songs we play today you're going to be like uh that's the same band really because it really does i mean it's it's two different styles like completely i think you know yeah two two different mindsets of recording yeah i mean and you know the 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 band did change members um between the two records so i mean it literally is different musicians too i mean not Mm -hmm. obviously there are some crossovers but i mean uh kelly her twin sister had joined by that point so she was the guitar player uh they had a different drummer looks like the bass player was the same um but yeah so it's you know different makeup but anyway um yeah they probably had more than 10 days to record this record right and that's (laughs) probably why it sounds you know, not uh-huh. the same, right? Not not as uh, like raw and um, like just, and that's what I like about Pod. So let's play the first song from Pod because now you have all the information you need. So let's play. <laughs> um, okay, so I'm going to play the second track off the record. This song is called Doe.
No, that was it. That was the whole song. Cool. Um, dude, I love the drum sound in that. It's so yeah. good. He's just, uh, he's notorious for that drum sound. I think he puts like microphones on the side of the wall uh, so that it catches, it like immediately okay. catches that echo. But it's in like, in like a, na- okay. like more of like a natural kind of drum sound. Nice. But I, I read that they recorded this in Edinburgh, which wasn't Albini's studio in Chicago. Um, so apparently he can do this mm. wherever he wants. <laughs> so he can take that, you know, those skills, you know, yeah. can travel. Um, what I thought, you know, something I thought that was interesting is that like on the Pixies, Kim is the bass player. With the Breeders, she plays guitar. Uh, you know, I just, you know, she's a multi-instrumentalist. Like she can do a bunch of different things. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that she gave the bass duties to somebody else, you know, because I love that bass line in this track. Josephine yeah. Wiggs. I'm going to I'm gonna shout out that name again. So again, she was from uh, The Perfect Disaster when she played bass on this record. So she was, you know, actively a member in another band. Um, and now I feel like I'm going to have to go check them out because I like that bass. Yeah, so uh, so it's like uh, it's Taylor Hawkins, like uh, joining Foo Fighters, and there's an established drummer in the band uh, who is yeah. like known for being an amazing drummer, being one of the best drummers of all time. Yeah, yeah, and Kim Deal being known for being an amazing bass player. I would assume there's a little, little pressure there. You gotta have you gotta have your chops up. Yeah, especially because I mean, you know, they had another drummer before Taylor joined, and I want to say that on. Um, color and the shape dave went back and like re-recorded all the drums because he wasn't happy enough with i mean can talk about a slap in the face if you're the drummer <laughs> you're like i mean yeah. you know if i was that drummer i'd be like i mean you're right obviously you could do way better but you don't gotta re-record everything man you know i would feel like if i was the drummer i would be like you know what this is this is dave Grohl we're talking about yeah. go ahead you know what you go ahead uh you give me a little credit that's yeah. fine yeah, just give me a mention in the lighter notes, and you know. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be about heard about it, but <laughs> yeah. I guess they they did actually have uh, quite a conflict with that. Uh, so I heard. Yeah, you know, I've watched some documentaries about the band, so I know. What I'm talking <laughs> about here. But have you read the book? I haven't read the book. <laughs> I don't you? know if there's any books. No, no there I don't, probably I don't. is. I I'm sure there. Are. I mean, I know he wrote. He's got like autobiographies and shit. He wrote some book about it, like with his mom, I think. Really? Yeah, there's a book that like. Either his mom wrote it or he wrote it with his mom or something like that. But it's basically about like why you should let your your kid drop out of school and be a rock star or whatever. Because that's you know wow. his mom yeah. let let him um, you know drop out of school like before he even graduated high school to go pursue rock. Yeah. And obviously that was one of the best decisions ever made for humanity in general. I think. I mean, easy for her to say her son was Dave Grohl. Yeah. Um, right. Not everybody's son is Dave Grohl, Mrs. Grohl. Okay. You know, if, if, if that reaches one person that ends up being like an, an, another amazing drummer, then sure. Yeah. But for the, for the other million people that read <laughs> right. the book and drop out yeah. of school that <laughs> probably shouldn't be doing that. I'm not sure that's a great message. Yeah, not, it's not going to be, it's not going to end as well for you as it did for her. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, how do we get here? Back to the breeders. Back to the breeders. Yeah. So yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It probably was, um, you know, we, we, in that audition room where uh, the bass player is like, okay, uh, I'm going to try out for the bass player for the Breeders. I'm going to have to play in front of Kim Deal here. Yeah, probably yeah. some pressure. But apparently she was already a well-established bass player for the perfect disaster. Do you think that uh, she commonly said, look, it's no big deal? <laughs> I'm going to be disappointed if they didn't make that joke <laughs> in the studio yeah. like over and over again. Yeah, because I would, if, if I was, if I had. Well, your last name. your last name is your last name is Self. I mean, there's a lot you can. That's do true. With that too. Uh, you know what? I've heard it all. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no, people used to say like Travis Self plays with himself. You know, I, heard, I used to hear that one. Oh, that's in the that's weird. You know. <laughs> and you're like, it's true. You're like, I mean, how did you know that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's right around middle school. <laughs> yeah. <That's it. laughs> perfect, yeah. <laughs> you know, things just started coming together. I don't know what's tight. Um, <laughs> all right. So um, vastly different sound than Cannonball, right? That song in particular. Yeah. Totally different sound. But um, this is 1990 when this record came out. Like, never mind. It hadn't even happened yet, which is interesting. Which which is crazy. 
Yeah. I mean, it, especially like, uh, I mean, like when Surfer Rosa came out, I mean, I, I don't remember that, uh, obviously, but um, yeah, but uh, I would have been a really cool kid uh, if I remember that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's crazy to think of these albums that, you know, kind of set the stage for yeah. Nirvana. Because, I mean, um, when Nirvana came out with the first album in 1989, I mean, it's, it's good for what it was at the time um you know uh the songs were great and stuff but it was just like a different obviously they they changed gears pretty drastically in a couple years yeah um yeah and i mean surfer rosa came out in 88 doolittle came out in 89 so yeah you're talking about like the stepping stones to grunge or whatever i feel like this record has some of those some of those like trademarks of of grunge um i feel like the the bass the bass to me sounds Sounds grungy. It sounds kind of Alice and Chainsy a little bit, mm-hmm. but yeah, like you can hear how like we very quickly like the grunge, like Nirvana and the grunge, never mind, basically happens, and all the grunge, the great grunge records are like right around the corner. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I was looking at that timeline because if uh, Last Flash came out in 1993, um, so they kind of it's weird how the breeders kind of like missed. That, I mean, like yeah. one year before, if 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 that album had come out in 1992, they probably would have been like a part of. I mean, they they are still a part of the whole thing, but it was mm-hmm. like just like a, a tad late because uh, there were so many bands that came out in 1992 and 91. Yeah, um, and then afterwards, it was like okay, like every, I think everybody was like listening to it, like uh, referential to to the past two years of what had like just yeah you know transpired totally so they i'm assuming last splash probably got um you know some like uh they're kind of like oh well yeah this is good but uh it may not be you know this isn't never mind or this is oh man uh, you know know? like i feel like it must have been tough being in a rock band yeah like you said putting out a record in 93 it's like what had just it transpired you know like you were saying it's yeah like, it, i think it got lost lost in the mix i mean it's, yeah. like, it's an amazing amazing album uh, right but it's, yeah it's kind of like putting out a record you know the same year that uh the white album came out or something like that you know I mean? <laughs> yeah you might as well just be like let's just throw on the towel here you know what i mean <laughs> yeah I, I i know nothing else that came out in 67 or whatever yeah is. right <laughs> i know that what was that group the zombies like they were yeah, like, yeah. on this trajectory and then the beetle mania hit and then right like, they just you know packed it up basically yeah but uh anyway all right, so let's play our next tune here, and we're gonna jump down to the 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 last half of the record. The rest of these songs are gonna be coming from, um, yeah, basically the end of the record. So in between "Doe," the first song we played, and this song that we're about to play, uh, we just just to mention it because we're talking about the Beatles, they did put out that cover on this record of "Happiness Is a Warm Gun," which is really interesting, and they do a good job with it. Yeah. Yeah, um, and it's awesome. On Spotify, by if we go by play counts, at least the "Happiness Is a Warm Gun" cover has the most plays on this record, uh, which yeah. is interesting. Probably just because you know, it's a Beatles cover, right? Yeah, like people just searching for that song and then uh, yeah, pull exactly. Up that. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's jump down to track eight, and we're gonna play a song called "Iris." Oh, 
where do we start on this track, man? Because I think her vocals is what like delivers the sucker punch. You know what I mean? Um, and there's this interesting little like guitar breakdown thing that happened in between the, the, the first chorus and the verse two that kind of seemed like this sort of like something like, like something that would happen just organically, like during a jam session or something like that. And yeah, hearing you talk about the way that Steve, you know, had bands record, like it could have very well been that, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, th- I think it's like um, something not- notable about that is that uh, you don't really hear that like kind of dead space very much. I mean, uh, nowadays, like, uh, yeah, people people aren't really like as patient i would say or at least like in the popular music i feel like as yeah. like as things have like changed it's like become more like this like we got to keep your attention we got to keep your attention or or yeah. you know you're gonna switch it to something else totally uh, you know you're gonna you're gonna bump the jukebox <laughs> and uh try to get to the next song right <laughs> most people listening right now are like juke what <laughs> What, what, the, what are they talking about? <laughs> Jukebox. Yeah. But um, yeah, man, like that's so true that like sometimes you got to let the song breathe a little bit. You know what I mean? Or like that dead space right there is like what to me, what makes the song the song is that the choice to keep that kind of stuff in there. And then her vocal delivery, man, the way that she screams. I mean, it's 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 a very like, yeah, there's a lot of emotion and like raw rawness in her delivery and like knowing that she was kind of you know with pixies like she wanted to write her own songs and like black uh frank black didn't didn't really let her this is going backwards a little bit but like apparently the tension between them like hit like a a high point like toward the end of basically after doolittle and like francis is throwing his guitar at her on stage and stuff and she apparently <laughs> like almost refused to play a concert uh, this one time. And like, that's what led them to basically in this interview, the um, I don't remember this guy, which one he is, what, what his uh, role is. Uh, I could, I could look it up, but I mean, that would take too many clicks here. Uh, <laughs> Santiago. Okay. So Santiago was the guitar player. So Joey Santiago in an interview uh, said that basically like, Kim Deal was uh, very like adamant about wanting to include her own songs. And Francis was basically like, you know, hard line, like, no, like I'm the, I'm the, I'm the front man of this, you know, band. And like, you know, it's my songs or the highway kind of thing. Right. So I feel like you are hearing some of that energy and like pent up, like, you know, creativity and stuff like in this record, you know, like this is her like getting to do her own thing, you know? Yeah. I feel like it comes across for real. Like you hear that emotion, especially in this song, um, which is kind of cool to think about. Like if you think about it that way, like this is a songwriter who wasn't able to explore her own ideas and stuff like with the band that she was in. Right. So she's like, fine, I'm going to go fucking in 10 days and you just see what I can do in 10 days. You know, I got yeah. a twin sister yeah. with me. It's going to be dope. <laughs> um, but no, the twin didn't, didn't join until later. But anyway, I think you I'm trying to make, um, but yeah, you can hear that. You know what I mean? I feel like you can hear that. Yeah, and and I'm I'm really glad that he was kind of an asshole because uh, yeah. maybe she she wouldn't have done this uh, right. breeders thing. Exactly. Um, I mean, he's he's a talented guy, but it's it's no excuse for uh, that kind of behavior, which yeah. is also a little misogynistic. You know, it's a little like you know hey. why why the why the female in the group? Mm. Uh, now we're why, now why we're do getting, that? Now we're getting to the yeah. bottom of it here, dude. Because that is an interesting conversation to have. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think Pixies like they're one of those bands. He knows bands where you hear like a, another singer uh, in the band that's kind of doing the backups, especially if it's a female singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just kind of here and there, but you want more of it. Like I feel like they were that. Yeah, you like, wanted you more. Want, of... you, you want you wanted more Kim Deal. More Kim. Uh, yeah. 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 She's like, you want more? I'll give you more. Yeah. Here comes the breeders. <laughs> here comes here comes <laughs> yeah. the bi- here comes the big deal. Yeah, here, yeah, right. It's about to be a real big deal around here. <laughs> uh, yeah, I oh, hope that's boy. how it went down. I hope that's what she said to Frank when she was like walking out the door. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm about to become a real big deal, Frank. So yeah, uh, okay. 
talking about indie bands maybe for a little bit because you know we were talking about grunge and stuff mm-hmm. spoon sounded a lot had this same kind of energy like in their early stuff i don't know if you've listened to some of spoons yeah. early early Absolutely. stuff like um yeah ever. series um, of snakes yes okay that had a lot of the same and you know i think series of snakes came out in like 92 maybe 98 okay all right well it was around the corner anyway like a, you know not just grunge right i feel like this was kind of the kind of a, a hint of, of like you know this this was an indie band like the breeders was considered an indie rock band they weren't considered a grunge band but like you know this was sort of you know a precursor to the grunge stuff that was around the corner and you know kind of the 2000s era indie bands that we you know we all know and love the garage rock bands and stuff like that you can kind of point back to the sound maybe a little bit if you really want if you squinted you know you could kind of you could draw a line yeah, totally. i think yeah, I, I feel like uh, the Strokes did a perfect, um, like, <laughs> there's a bunch of stuff in between the Strokes and the original grunge sound, especially like the yeah. the uh, the raw grunge sound like this, uh, and stuff that Pixies did, and Sonic Youth. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it took a while, but I definitely think there's, uh, you know, yeah, you that, kinda... that transition, it should have been like the Strokes came in 1995. Yeah. Instead of Bush, instead of Bush trying to trying yeah. to do grunge. Yeah, we don't need Bush. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I feel like we're just uh, like for some reason we we always end up yeah. shitting on Bush for yeah. some reason. Every 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 time I'm on here, can we just uh, <laughs> reference Bush and just shit yeah. on them for a little just bit? just for no reason? Um, but you know what? It's because of what he did to Gwen. That's why. Yeah, you're right. Was he an asshole to Gwen? It probably was. Oh, don't get me started. <laughs> Well, now she's with, what's his name? Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Okay. I thought it was Urban. Yeah. Whatever. I don't know my country music stars. Okay. Oh, you you don't you don't love uh, This Is God's Country? I'm glad I don't know what that is. <laughs> you're, you're, not, you're not planning on covering that on the podcast? Uh, not, not in the uh, foreseeable future. Um, maybe when we run out of grunge records to cover. <laughs> <laughs> it's a gem. Is it? No, it is not. Okay. <laughs> I can't tell you're <laughs> hey, I mean, I know there's good country music out there. I just, I haven't found it yet. You know? No. Yeah. Um, I would say it, it, it ended like in 1980. Yeah. I probably would agree with you on that. Okay. So let's play the next track here. And I think this track was interesting because it has kind of like, like spoken word kind of vocal delivery, which reminds me of another Kim uh, speaking of Sonic Youth. Reminds oh, yeah. me of Kim Gordon a little bit and the way that she used to do the vocal tracks. So here we go. This song is the very next track on the record. This song is called Opened.
maybe maybe she's referring to herself as the robin that flies again maybe maybe <laughs> now i don't know where the source is for this but according to genius.com which people like annotate it's like open source annotation of lyrics and shit somebody says that a recurring sexual dream of the band's drummer is said to have inspired the lyrics of this song now i don't oh. know what their source is because unfortunately they're not giving a source but yeah you know it could um, be who knows you know there's a lot of things we could try to interpret out of the song but, I'm, uh, i mean i'd love to know the details on that one me too <laughs> yeah let's <laughs> do <you> tell <laughs> jk jk i think that's uh probably a good job on them for not uh for not, 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 un- details, not, so. not unraveling too much on that <laughs> yeah because i mean if we read the lyrics um this is one hell of a dream <laughs> he's like walking on these highways we leave the land and float inside the dark black water are we sure this is a sexual dream i mean that's what they're saying Okay, huh. you know what? People are into some weird stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever floats his <laughs> boat. <laughs> but yeah, Robin flies again. You know, it just makes me feel, you know, maybe like, to me, it seems like the perspective of some like prostitute or something who's like trying to escape her situation. Hey Amen. I'm just, I'm just yeah, I'm looking I, at the lyrics like that. and they're jumping out of me. But could also be some weird sex fantasy that this guy's having. I don't know. We're led to believe that this is Britt Walford's uh, sexual fantasies here, <laughs> whatever the lyrics are of the song. Well, it was my favorite song on this album. <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's talk about how amazing this song is beyond the lyrics, because what's not to like about it, right? I mean, it's such a dope song. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I, I love it whenever uh, that that you know, it's like subtle it's there's a lot of dynamics throughout the song yeah but like whenever that second guitar comes in or maybe it's just kicking on the distortion pedal yeah uh and just like here we go it's and just it, three yeah. chords it holds like the sustain or whatever yeah um, the but what's yeah yeah uh, i think so see this is good i have another guitar player here to help me out because <laughs> i'll say stuff like that to, to you know around quentin and he's like oh maybe because <laughs> you know quentin, quentin is a drummer Oh, I didn't know that. Cool. Yeah. Um, and I think he actually plays his kit more than I play my guitar. My guitar just sits on my wall. Uh, it's just it's, yeah. it's decoration at this point, you know. Same hey, at least yours is within arm's reach, though, you know. It's Well, that's what makes it even sadder. It's, that, oh, it's no. right here. And it's actually my dream guitar. It's the one I've always wanted. I finally got it. And, uh, is that a yeah, double like... fat telly? Hmm? Is that the term? <laughs> <laughs> Look it at them now. humbuckers. <laughs> uh that's a telly right yeah yeah okay. yeah it's a it's a it's a deluxe um i've always yeah, wanted a telly uh, too man that's my that's my dream guitar too um yeah the one with the f hole i've always liked the telly with the f hole you know oh yeah yeah like a like a semi hollow body yeah and i think it's like one humbucker one you know the, the lipstick uh pickup or whatever i think that's what they call yeah. it it's like that cylinder looking yeah, thing yeah. anyway let's go back to spoon because this song reminded me of speaking of series of sneaks this song reminded me of track two on series of sneaks the minor tough which is my favorite spoon song oh of all yeah. time true fact that's a that's uh, a great song yeah yeah and uh, it had a lot of the same vibes of this song uh opened so um i like that this song is it's just darker in general than the rest of the record mm-hmm. like it's got this like grittier kind of vibe to it lyrically too as we're as we're reading here um yeah <laughs> but yeah man this i i agree with you this is this is my favorite track on the record as well um it just stands out and yeah everything about it man like i said i i can't think of one thing negative to say about it yeah it really shows the power of just three chords very simple chords too i mean and it's in four four time but what's also cool about it is is the way that they transition it's like the second verse Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they just kind of give you a little hint of like this, this we're, we're, we're rocking here, but just for a second, it's kind of like a, uh, a promise to the listener that you're going to hear is we're going to rock out with this a lot more later on. So just wait. Yeah. They're giving you a little yeah. tease. Yeah. You know? Let me, let me give the full Kurt Cobain quote. Cause, uh, one of the things about this record that it's known for is that it was one of Cobain's favorite records of all time, but here is the, his quote. His official quote on this band, he said, the main reason I like the breeders is for their songs, for the way they structure them, 
which is totally unique, very atmospheric. And then he says, I wish Kim was allowed to write more songs for the Pixies. Mm-hmm. Dang. Wow. Dang. How do you feel about that, Francis? <laughs> you know what I mean? Did you hear what Kurt just said? <laughs> um, but anyway, that what more do you need to know, really? I mean, if this, this is one of Kurt Cobain's favorite records, you know? Enough said, Enough said. right? Yeah, especially it, it being a precursor to them exploding, you know? Uh, it's yeah. a very very direct yeah. you know because whenever you are recording yeah. things uh you listen to what you're you know it's like what's around at the time generally like things influence you yeah of what's going on like currently so i would assume that this album he was uh jamming out to quite a bit yeah which is really really interesting to think about right because like if this if this record in some way influenced kurt as he was writing yeah. never mind i mean that's that's a pretty big deal, yeah. you know. It's a pretty big deal. <laughs> you see what I did there? <laughs> All right, one more track, and this song is called Limehouse. That was it. It's over. No fade out necessary for that one. <laughs> oh man, a minute and forty five seconds. So, yeah, so that's a quick one. So um, yeah, I love the way the drums uh, sort of led us into that second chorus, and it was just like you know all out headbanger, right? Um, but man, simple song. But like that, that you know, that's what I like about this record. It's just so simple and like just straightforward with like the delivery and everything. You know, it's just like it's right there. You know, I mean, it's just in your face. Yeah, like you. You, you wouldn't like if you're coming up with stuff on guitar and you're just like, bah, 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 nah, 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 nah. I mean, that's a throw. That's a throwaway. Like you're just like, you're just like getting <laughs> right. warmed up, but they're like, no, let's yeah. just do a song. It's like, a, it doesn't like have any kind of, doesn't draw any emotion. It's just a simple, simple riff. Uh, riff like you said, yeah. Yeah. straightforward. Something I, um, uh, when we're talking about Albini, um, what I think is cool about, well, I, I, I don't think that it's intentional because I don't think he would ever go for an atmosphere. You know, like I don't like I wouldn't mm. I haven't read enough interviews or anything, but I would I would assume yeah. that he's not going for like a vibe. Um, I think that he's going for a sound is what he would call it. But it's such it's such yeah. a vibe in itself. Right. Like that that song speaks to that where it's just like the simple thing. But it's like, you know, there's no like crazy part that you're like oh wow how do they do that yeah but it's just like enjoyable enjoyable to listen to yeah there's nothing uh to figure out you know what i mean about the song it's just like it is what it is just very yeah, straightforward you're, you're, lyrics are really fun yeah you're, you're not like oh i need to look this up <laughs> on uh guitar tabs to figure this one out yeah no i could probably <laughs> yeah i haven't touched my guitar in years and i could probably figure it yeah. out in about like 30 but, seconds i could probably get that yeah. riff going on um but yeah it's still an effective ass yeah. song like there are bands that spend their entire existence and they still don't write a song. 
this mm-hmm. good and it's such a simple song um but yeah her her vocals man uh to me i think that's what does it for me it's just her vocal delivery on this record is just so good yeah. it's just so like raw and like in your face you know yeah. Yeah, it's just a fucking killer record. And we only played four tracks, you know. There's eight other tracks on this record. So yeah. go listen to it. If we haven't given you enough reason to listen to it, then what do you what are we doing? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I feel like I feel like <laughs> uh, Kim Deal is just one of those people that like I wish she would have been uh more prominent throughout I guess the breeders got burned out, that's what I read. But I wish they would have stuck with it because I think their next album is like in 2000 or 2002, something like that. Yeah, they definitely, they, yeah, they had, they had some sort of a resurgence and I think, I think they've like sprinkled, like there's been releases like throughout, but okay. like, yeah, I think there was a long hiatus, like you said, like between like the nineties and when their yeah. next record came out. But you know, I think they, they tore and stuff. She went back to Pixies at some point. Yeah. Um, yeah. From what I can, from what I understand. But um, yeah, like speaking of like, you know, I think everybody knows Cannonball, like we were saying that one song, but Kim Deal should be um, maybe more well known, right? I think a lot of people know Kim Gordon from Sonic Youth, but um, even her, she still is not as well known as the Kurt Cobains and the uh, Lane Staley's and the Eddie Vedder's of, of the of, of the 90s rock pantheon of, of rock stars or whatever. But, you know, that's probably just some you know, we could talk about misogyny and rock if we wanted to, you know, do a whole. Oh, yeah. Let's that. do an episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's get in trouble by saying something dumb. You know, <laughs> <laughs> to, yeah, we should try to have a, a female guest on that episode. But anyway. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. No, nobody loves hearing about a, a misogyny talked by uh, more than two, two guys. Uh, by a couple of white dudes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, there's something to be said probably about that, you know? Yeah. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just saying that probably is something to be said about it, you know? I think there is. It was it was the 90s. It was, it was still, uh, you know, that stuff was rampant. It was, man. I was watching this documentary. Uh, you can watch it on Netflix. It was talking about what the, the 1990-whatever Woodstock, the, the Woodstock that happened in the 90s. Yeah. Um, holy shit. The testosterone... That was just like, it must have been just like a cloud, yeah. a thick cloud of testosterone that you could just like cut a fucking, you know, butter knife or whatever. But man, yeah, yeah. It's something about the 90s. And I feel like grunge Creative. is very, yeah, like it's very, there's yeah. a lot of testosterone around grunge, the imagery, yeah. the lyrics, the sound. So like, yeah. So, you know, you got the breeders putting out their debut record in 90 and then the grunge mm-hmm. shit happened. Shit. I love grunge. I would never yeah. call it shit, but the grunge sure. thing happened. And then, yeah, like you said, you know, I mean, they put it, then they put out cannonball, but I'm just saying like that sound and maybe why Kim isn't more well-known um, maybe because of that. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think uh, every good thing um, comes with a bad thing. Uh, mm. You know, like, like when you, it's typically how trends work, right? I mean, it gets like something's like happens and it's like good, it's fresh, and then the masses get behind it. People who don't quite understand it, uh, which yeah. I would say, I would say would be like, <laughs> you know, like this, this, the bands like Stained, you know, like they, yeah. they probably thought that they were like an extension of this, uh, but really they were just ruining music for a while. Or uh, what was another ruining one? Ruining the airwaves. Finger Eleven, wasn't that a band? Oh, yeah. But, you know, fortunately, you got bands like Evanescence that came around, you know, mm. <laughs> to, really, to really save the day for women. Fortunately, uh, you know. yeah. <laughs> You're right. That was, yeah. You go from Kim Deal to whatever her name was um, from Evanescence. And there's probably listeners out there yeah. like, I love Evanescence and Corn. Yeah. Um, corn, corn is great for for what corn is. I, you know, I'm not going to try to bash on corn, but I will bash on Papa Roach all day long. I ain't got no problem. With that. <laughs> or Hoobastank, you know, or Hoobastank, yeah, Alien yeah. Ant Farm. There's a bunch of them, man, and they were all over MTV at the time. I remember the videos. It was huge. Yeah, it was like, but in the midst of it, you know, there's bands like I'm going to say it, Radiohead. They're still still doing their thing, and yeah, there's. Yeah, uh, right. Coldplay was cool for a little bit during that time. Parachutes um, is a great record. Yeah, yeah. 
the next one was really good too. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's that. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's, <laughs> basically that was it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was parachutes and then it was. Rush of blood ahead. Yeah. 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 You know, I know you know this by, by heart. Uh, and then what was the next, what was it? X and Y, which, which did okay. have some good songs. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what X I remember. And, X, X and Y is yeah. when they changed, they, they started to change, right? Pretty, pretty. Yeah. And yeah, there were yeah. great songs on that record. You're right. But then after that, it was like, eh, well, okay. Yeah. I, I remember the moment. Cause I was, I was a pretty big Coldplay fan at the time. I remember. Um, and, uh, and I remember listening to X and Y and the song, what if was track two. Like square one was track one on X and Y. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool. This is like a cool, like, uh, you know, this is where they're headed. Great. And then what if happened? And my my dreams were just shattered. <laughs> um, like I I totally wanted them to go the Radiohead route. And clearly they did not uh, decide to go that route. No, they did not. And I can't <laughs> even think of what what if sounds like. But I remember that record. I remember square one. White Shadows was interesting. Yeah. Speed of Sound was interesting. Those are the those are the singles too, right? Fiction yeah. was a big one. One billion plays on Spotify. Oh yeah. Talk was good, but then he like has you know, he started sprinkling in like it's like an indication of like, no, we're we're about to suck. We're just just to let you there, know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was he was he was like, you know, singing yeah. singing stuff like, Oh brother, uh, I can't believe it's true. You know, when once you start addressing someone as like oh brother like yeah you, you know it's not gonna be good yeah you know they're not gonna, yeah. it's almost like he was he was giving the true fans like an out you know what i mean like eh, this is your record to get get off because it's about to get bumpy you know what i mean yeah there's a few yeah. a few good tracks but we're gonna give you like a hint of what's happening next <laughs> yeah and i appreciate the heads up yeah thanks chris martin <laughs> um all right well that was it, man. We're done. We did it. Oh, we cool. talked about four yeah. songs. Yeah. And we gave the, re- the the listeners a reason to go check out the rest of this record. And that's the goal. That's the only yeah. goal yeah. is to to convince you to listen to this record. Yeah. And I think we pulled it off. Yeah. I think so. I think so. Uh, but yeah, we'll have to have you on again, obviously. I Like I said, anytime. Like, uh, I would love to do it. As always, you can find us on Instagram. Just search for No Filler Podcast, and we'll pop right up. Uh, that's the one place where we actually will, you know, respond to people. So please send us a message on Instagram. Uh, tell us what bands you want us to cover, what songs you're listening to right now, and we might even reference you on the show. Um, you know, typically we do that at the end of our What You Heard episodes. We'll play a, a listener's suggested tune if if we get one. So. Hit us up on Instagram, and as always, you can find us on the Pantheon Podcast Network. It's pantheonpodcast.com, home of many great music-related podcasts. That's not the official tagline, but here we are. You know what I mean? It's what I say every week. Hopefully, it's true. (laughs) Anyway, pantheonpodcast.com, and yeah, that's it. I don't know what the hell I'm going to talk about next week. We'll find out. We will find out, people. And if in a pinch, I might be calling Nathan back up. And I'll be there. There you go. You heard it here. Nathan will be there. You know, what's that song? Um, I'll be there, you know, whenever you call me. Oh, I'll I'll be be there. there. Turns out that song was about Nathan. (laughs) It was about (laughs) Nathan being on No Philly. Uh, but seriously, I have no clue who I'm talking to next week or what I'm talking about. So we'll find out next week. We'll all find out together. Could be Nathan. Could be somebody else. Might even be Quentin. He's telling me that he's his his free time is 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 coming back. So we'll no, see he's surprise. he's out. He's 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 just getting jealous. He's like I he's like he no is. he's like no this this podcast is taking off too fast. Uh, with I'm Nathan telling you, on. Dude, <laughs> he's gonna listen to this episode and be like, shit, I gotta get back. Nathan stealing my spot, you know. <laughs> the fans are going to be like, Quentin who? We want uh, more Nathan. Uh, That's what they're going to yeah. say. <laughs> no, but we should have, yeah, right. we should have, uh, we should have you join, you know, the three of us can chat about tunes. I, you know I, mean? I, I would love that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Literally anytime. Uh, it's my word. 
Uh, I, I love doing this. So uh, please, right. I, I'm begging you, please. I know you're talking me up and stuff, but please, man, please, please give me back. You're going to be like, you're like you know, sitting there, like looking at your phone, like staring at it, like waiting for it to, to ding with like a text message uh, from me. Yeah. Like why? Yeah. It's been three days. Why hasn't he texted me yet? For, first thing in the morning. That's why I check. Yeah. And then I'll, <laughs> after, after a couple of weeks, I'll be like, Hey man, how are you doing? Like, uh, or things uh, like, hey man, I was just, I mean, just thank you. Know, I was asked out. I was ask how your cat's doing, how Sloan's doing. <laughs> You'll just be like, you know what, man? I don't know. This is random, but maybe you could have me on the show again. I don't know. Just a thought. <laughs> just a thought. Up to thought. you. No pressure. Yeah. I mean, I'm free. <laughs> but no, seriously, we we will likely have you on again <laughs> within the next few weeks. So look forward to that, everybody. Everybody out there. In the meantime, like I said, go find us on Instagram. Until next time, I will talk to you guys later. Again, my name is Travis. And I'm Nathan Forster. And that's Nathan Forster. See y'all later.